Good morning. My name is Pastor, or my name is Anne. <laughs> my name is not Pastor Anne. My name is Anne. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, I'm closing out. <laughs> yeah, it's one of John's pet peeves. He's like, your name is not Pastor Anne. Anyway, okay, so uh, <laughs> I'm Anne. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, I get to close out week five of Count on Me. This is the last sermon of this sermon series. Have you guys enjoyed Count on Me? Yeah, it's been really, really good. And so uh, today I get to talk about friendships. And I was telling John that this is my fourth sermon on friendships in the last two years because he never wants to talk about it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm just wondering if I have anything else to say about friendships today. So, okay, so um, have you guys ever seen that show uh, Friends? Yeah, that show came out while I was in college, and uh, my roommates and I, we love that show. I'm not endorsing the show, but I'm just telling you that at a certain point in my life, I love that show. I made sure I watched it every single week, and there was something about that show, about the way that they just had fun together in that fountain, and, and they were just, you know, jumping on each other on that sofa and showing up at that coffee shop, and gangs all there. They all belong. Everyone's happy to see one another, and there was just something about whatever they were selling, I was buying, right? And I think that there is a deep need in all of us uh, for belonging, for acceptance, uh, for being known by one another. And uh, that need is still present in all of us today. And so um, did you guys know that the first problem in the world was not sin? Did you guys know that? The first problem in the world was not sin. The first problem was solitude. And so in Genesis, there's a story of creation, and God creates the fish, and he says it's good. He, sa he creates the birds, and he says it's good, and he creates all these things. But when in Genesis 2, he creates Adam and says, it is not good. It is not good for the man to be alone. And so this was before sin ever entered the world, but this was not good for man to be alone. He needed community. He needed people around him. He could not live in solitude. And so this first problem tends to be a perpetual problem in our, in our society, in our lives. That problem of loneliness, that problem of solitude, it continues on. And Proverbs 18.1 says this, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. And that hits me. Whoever isolates himself breaks out against all sound judgment. So any, any loners out there in the house? It's just like last night. Nobody will confess to being a loner. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think there's a few of us who are uh, naturally wired that way to be introverted and to uh, enjoy alone time. But then some of us are living that life alone because we've been hurt in life, right? Some of us, we've been rejected. We've been wounded by friendships. And so maybe we've made a vow. I'm never going to trust people like that again. I'm never going to let people in my life like that again. And so we're sitting there in our lives, maybe struggling with loneliness, struggling with isolation, and not knowing how to navigate friendships moving forward. I think a lot of us experience that, and a lot of us are in that type of situation. Uh, and the truth is, friendships could be the greatest source of comfort, 
the greatest source of joy in our lives, or it could be the greatest source of rejection and pain and wounding and devastation. And yet, God's word remains. And so uh, in Romans 12, 3 through 5, it says this, given me, I give each of you this warning. I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Oh, don't think you are really better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Wow, we all belong to each other. If there's ever been a call to humility, it's right there in scripture. <laughs> Don't think you're good on your own. Don't think you can do this life by yourself. Don't think, no, I'm the exception. I'm good on my own. I don't need friends like all those other people do. I don't need social support like other people. I can do this. I'm a rock. I'm an island. I can, I can do this, right? Be humble. God's word is very clear. Be humble. Understand that you belong to others and others belong to you, that others need you and you need others, and that is the way that God designed us to live in this life. And God, he knew what he was doing when he created us. He knew that it was so good for us to be with each other and to live into friendships and to live into that type of community life. And I love when science just proves what scripture has been saying for thousands and thousands of years. And so science, they have determined that uh, people who have a lot of friends actually live healthier lives. And friendships are critical to our health. Actually, loneliness is as devastating as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Wow. Right? People who have many friends have lower cases of depression, lower cases of heart disease, <laughs> lower cases of um, strokes, lower, uh, lower uh, BMI. I learned that yesterday. Uh, you're, you're skinnier if you have <laughs> good friends, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> So um, that's just science. Um, and yeah, it's just science. And so friends are so important in our lives. Friends help you celebrate the good times. They get you through the hard times. Friends um, are there to support you. Friends provide companionship. They uh, prevent you from being lonely in this world. They give you a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose. They give you your place in this world. Uh, friends increase your happiness in life. Friends, improve your self-confidence. You know, right before this sermon, my friend Elizabeth, she sent me a text message because she knows I struggle doing this and she sends me a text message going, you've got this girl, you're blessed, you're anointed to do this. And friends, they build you up. They're your, they're your hype people, right? Uh, they improve your self-confidence and they help you through the rough stuff like divorce, disease, depression, death. They, friends get you through all that tough stuff of life. And so there's so much to say about friendships that I can't obviously cover in one message. I'm going to give just three main points today. And my first point is this. Choose the right people to call friend. Okay, so can you just repeat that after me? Choose the right people to call friend. And this might be 
uh, a revelation to you, or this might be something that you've known all along, that you have the right to choose the friends in your life. You have the right, you have the power to choose the friends you have in your life. And the friends that you have will determine the course of your life. Your friends will determine so much of what happens in your life. And so did you know that you are allowed to be choosy about who you call as friend? I actually didn't know that when I was growing up. I really thought that I had to just be friends with whoever chose me to be their friend. Like, I didn't know that I got to have a part of that relationship where I show up on my side to say, yeah, I choose you back. So all the friendships that I grew up with were people that chose me, you know, and I didn't know that I could, like, not choose them back. Does that make sense to anybody? And so literally all my friends were people who, who chose me. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be your friend. And I got all confused in life because I grew up as a Christian. And, uh, you know, with Christians, they say like, oh, you're supposed to love everyone. You're supposed to love everyone. You got to love everyone. And, and so I thought it would be unloving to uh, not choose them back if they chose me to be a friend. Does that resonate with anybody? Like, I felt like, no, I, 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 that's being mean. That's being unloving if I don't choose them back when they chose me as a friend. But it's actually not me being mean. It's actually me being righteous because this is what Proverbs 12, 26 says. It says the righteous choose their friends carefully. Wow, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the wicked, the way of the wicked leads them astray. So this is not me being unloving or unkind or uncaring. The righteous choose their friends carefully. And the Lord, it's implied, you need to choose your friends carefully. Be very careful in the way that you choose who you call friend. And so not everyone is supposed to be your friend. Not everyone is supposed to be. Yes, you're supposed to be loving to everybody. Yes, be loving, be kind to everyone, but the ones that you draw close as friends, those are special people. Those are people that you're selecting. Those are people that you've decided, I'm going to run with these people. I'm going to invest in these people. I'm going to do life with these people. I'm going to speak into their lives. I'm going to let them speak into my life. We're going to share meals together. We're going to share our homes together. Those are the people that you call friends. You can love everyone. You can be loving and kind to everyone, but the ones you draw near as friends, be careful who you select as friends. And it's a process of mutual discovery. I don't know if this has ever happened to you or if I'm just the oddball. I've had people come up to me and say, God told me you're going to be my friend. You're my friend. I'm like, oh, like, okay. Like, (laughs) all right. And then I just feel kind of like hijacked by them. Like, okay, well, if if God told you that that I'm going to be your friend, I guess I have to be your friend. Like, and I didn't realize, you know, back in the day that I could actually make the decision and manage my side of the relationship to say, actually, that doesn't work for me. (laughs) It doesn't work for me. (laughs) You know, and, and you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you're trying to hear from the Lord, but that's not what I've heard, <laughs> you know, and, and, and we get to do that. 
We get to do that. We get to choose who we call friend. That set me free. When I've learned that, it set me free that I don't have to be held hostage. I don't have to be beholden to the people that choose me. I get to also choose other people in my life, and it gets to be a mutual choosing of one another. And so as we choose our friends, I'm going to just go through... um, a few of the Proverbs, and if you've wondered to yourself, or if you've thought, I'm really bad at choosing friends. I have a bad picker uh, in life. I'm just not good at it. I want to encourage you to just read through Proverbs and reread Proverbs. And every, every day, read a chapter of Proverbs. There are so many nuggets in there about how to choose a friend, how to be a friend in life. But I'm just going to go through three quick little things that we can ask ourselves about our friends. The first thing is this. Are they trustworthy? Are they trustworthy? Proverbs eleven thirteen says this. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. And there are going to be times in your life where you're going to be struggling so hard and you're going to need people to confide in people to share your stuff with. And that person needs to be a reliable person, a trustworthy person in your life. You don't want those struggles blasted to everybody, right? I do freedom prayer and uh, people come in for prayer sessions and they share uh, the, the things that have hurt them in their lives. And they usually say something like this. Um, I was I was in a situation and my dad did this terrible thing to me and it was really traumatizing me and then I shared with my friend. I told my friend what was happening and before I knew it, the whole school knew about what my dad did and it was even twisted and it was it was um, it was as torn up beyond what he actually did and and what happens is. There's the first wound that the dad inflicted on the person, right? And then there's the other wound that the friend inflicted, right? It's called a double-layer wound, and it causes double injury in our lives. And, we're, and the scripture is saying, prevent all that. Only be friends with someone who's trustworthy. Are they trustworthy? Don't give your heart to people who are not trustworthy. Guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life, right? So are they trustworthy? A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. And then the second question is this, are they reliable? Are they reliable? Proverbs 18:24 says this, one who has unreliable friends soon come to ruin. Ah! One who has unreliable friends soon come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Amen. So a good friend is someone who's going to be there for you, a person who's reliable, a person who will have your back, a person who will do what they say they're going to do, a person who keeps their promises, a person who keeps their word. And it is so important that we, the people that we draw close to us are people who are reliable, people who do what they say. And Proverbs goes on to say this in 2519. Putting confidence in an unreliable person is like, in times of trouble, is like chewing with a broken tooth, right? Or it's like uh, walking on a lame foot. And I, I love how colorful scripture is because, you know, you just want to know, no, it's, it's not that bad if, if they don't, you know, keep their word. But no, scripture is clear. No. Putting confidence in an unreliable Unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot. And 
I was going through a time in my life where I was struggling with this specific friendship in my life, and I was talking to my cousin about it, and I was telling her, you know, I don't really know what to do because I, I hadn't yet learned that I can actually choose who my friends are. <laughs> and then, so I was talking to my cousin and saying, I don't know, I'm always there for this person, but every time uh, this person lets me down, they're not there for me, and, you know, I pour into this person, and if I ever need anything, they're, they're not uh, willing to pour back into me, and, and I just don't know what to do about it. It's caused me a lot of harm and a lot, a lot of pain. And then my cousin just said this, listen, there's going to be two type of people in this world, two type of friends. Is she a faucet or is she a drain? <laughs> and just the light bulbs went off in my brain. I'm like, yes. I'm a faucet to her. Yes, I pour into her. I invest in her. But man, she's just a drain. She just sucks it out of me. Right? She sucks the life out of me. Right? She takes and takes and she never pours back in. And, you know, friendship, it's mutual, right? Sometimes I'm going to be a faucet. Sometimes I'm going to be a drain. But, man, this girl was always a drain. And I realized, oh, man, the lights went on. I can't be friends with someone who's a constant drain in my life. The third question is this. Is that friend wise? Is your friend wise? And Proverbs 13.20 says this. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. So this is either a promise or a threat, depending on like what kind of friend you have. So if you're walking with the wise, you're going to become wise. That's a promise of God. But it's a threat. But a companion of fools suffers harm. So it's a threat. Am I walking with fools right now? Harm is coming my way. Right? So it's either a promise or a threat, depending on who is in your friend group. And so you're going to become like the people you spend the most time with. It's another thing about science. They've determined, oh, you will become exactly like the five people you spend the most time with. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. I really believe the reason why I'm a pastor today instead of a nurse is because I spent too much time with him, John Hansen. <laughs> right? And so he, he pulled it out of me, and, and so now I'm a pastor instead of a, a nurse that I actually trained to do. Okay, so, so I want to ask you this. Are your friends drawing you nearer to God, or are they pulling you away from God? Right? Are they making you better? Are they making you bitter? Right? Are they empowering addictions in your life, or are they setting you free? Right? Are they drawing you towards freedom, drawing you towards the heart of God? You've got to ask yourself, choose the right people to call friend. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And then the second point that I have today is this. Connect at the heart level. Can you say that with me? Connect at the heart level. And I understand that this is very uh, threatening to a lot of people, but this is the truth. Connect at the heart level level as at, after you choose the right friend connect at the heart level there are people in my life that have been in my life for years and years i've worked with them they're my neighbor they're um uh they're parents of my my uh, my kids um and i know them but i don't know a single personal thing about them i don't know a single personal thing about their life and it's okay if that that's the kind of relationship that i have with them but if i don't know a single personal thing about my friend that's a huge red flag that's a huge red flag if we've been friends for 20 years and all we talk about is the weather that's a huge red flag 
A few months back, uh, I asked one of my friends, one of my dear friends, to go to coffee with me. And it's because I needed to share something with her that was going on in my life that was causing me tremendous pain. You know one of those things uh, that you're going through, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, but that one of the things I was going through that it was, so, it was causing me so much grief that I uh, didn't even want to think about it. It was, it was causing me so much pain. I was literally crying like all day long. Like just instantly I could just come to tears. And um, I didn't, I, I met her for coffee at Starbucks and I cried my eyes out. I was just letting out all the things in my heart. And um, I didn't realize how like emotionally constipated I was. You know what I mean? Like, I, it was so bottled up inside. I did not realize how jacked up I was. And I just had to release all my burdens, all the grief. I had to share with her, like, you know, the disappointments, the pain that was happening. And she um, was there for me. She listened to me. She helped me process. She didn't judge me. Uh, she gave me some practical advice because she has gone through uh, similar things in her family. And after that meeting with her, I felt so much stronger. I felt so, so much more hope rising up inside of me. You know, I felt so much more peace, like just relieved that it was all out and that she knew what was going on in my life. And Proverbs 27, 17 says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another right? And that's what she was doing. She was sharpening me. And my friend, she always had the ability to sharpen me. But it was not available to me until I let her in. Until I let her in. Until I let her know what was really going on inside of me. All these things happen at a heart level. It doesn't happen on that surface level where we just are having polite conversations, talking about the sports for our kids, talking about the weather. It happens on the heart level. And I know that this feels threatening, but this is where the transformation happens in our life. This is where the strength comes into our life. This is where uh, we experience renewal and refreshment from our relationships, from our friendships. And um, I... I have one more story to share. I was going on a journey to forgive this person who deeply betrayed me. And it was a rough journey for me because it was like a deep, deep betrayal. And my friend was walking with me on this journey. And um, I, I did all the things that I knew to do. And anyway, I, I thought I was doing good with this journey. And then my friend said, hey, I need to meet with you. And then she tells me, hey, you're not done forgiving that guy. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> She's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> and then, so we just, you know, I, I was trying to explain to her why I was done forgiving. I'm like, I forgave him for this. I even repented. I broke the soul ties. I blessed him. I sent away all that demonic crap. I cleared my house of all the stuff of, that ever belonged to this man. And, you know, and um, anyway, so... It was kind of a tense moment for her and I, and I let it go, and she let it go. And then a couple months later, she comes up to me again and says, hey, remember how I talked to you about that guy that you're forgiving? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, it's still not done. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> stop it right now. And she said, yeah, I, 
I've been praying for you. I, I still don't feel like it's done in your life. I'm like, no, don't tell me that. I, and I got frustrated because I thought, I'm really done. You don't even understand how much I've done to work at forgiveness towards this guy. And I, again, I, I, I said, you know, I, I really believe I'm done. I really believe I'm done. Thank you very much, right? Uh, and it was one of those stressful moments. And then, because John and I are kind of connected to this person, it was like a day later or something, John says, hey, I'm going to go take communion with that guy. And instantly, the Lord said, this is what you're missing. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I said, okay, I'll come with you. And John was like, what? <laughs> because he knew I never wanted to see this person again. And he's like, what? You're coming with me? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go with you. And so I told my friend that I was going to do this thing. And she's like, that's it. I, I, I resonate with this. That's it. And so the level of her friendship for me, she hung out at the church while I was going to meet that guy to do communion because I was so stressed about it. She came to the church uh, with my other friend, Lou, and they prayed for me while I met with that guy. Wow. And this is what I have to say. That meeting released so much healing that I didn't know I needed. It, you know, and so this is what I have to say. Proverbs 27, 6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. But an enemy multiplies kisses. She loved me enough to wound me. You know, it was already a very tender spot in my life, this relationship with this guy. And man, she committed to speaking truth, committed to um, calling out the best in me, committed to pushing me towards freedom and wholeness and holiness. And that's what she was willing to do for me. And so um, connect at the heart level. Connect at the heart level. Be brave. Be courageous. I know that right now we are experiencing a lot of anxiety as a culture and a lot of social anxiety, but I'm going to encourage you, even still, show up. Right. Even still, be vulnerable. Even still, reveal yourself. Make yourself known to people who are trustworthy. I'm not saying to everybody, you know, love everyone, but be transparent only with the people that you call friends. And this is my third point. Commit to working on the friendship. Can we say this together? Commit to working on the friendship. Okay, commit to working on the friendship. Everything in our lives that are good require hard work. Right? Whether it's um, going through school, whether it's saving money, whether it's getting healthy, whether it's raising kids, anything that is good in our lives requires hard work. And it's the same thing with friendships. Commit to working on the friendship. Uh, Colossians 3.23 says this, whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Whatever you do. So friendships just don't appear magically out of the blue. It's like plants. Is anyone good at, at, at um, growing plants? Oh, you are? That's great. Uh, I'm not. I, <laughs> I have this friend, Annette. It's like she has a magic touch or something. She's so good at, 
at growing plants. Her whole house is just completely lush, like a jungle. And uh, she, she's just so good. Even if plants are at the brink of death, you can give them to Annette and she'll bring them back to life. And so not so with me. Uh, if I have a plant, uh, sure enough, it will die. Not immediately, but it will die. And so I, you know, I wonder why, why? And it's not a, a big mystery. It's because of sheer neglect that the plants die. So don't give me a plant. Uh, and so, but the thing is, you know, if I think about Annette and I think about, oh, why, why is she so good at plants? And yes, she does have some ninja skills and she does have these like special touches, but it's, it's pretty basic. She takes care of the plants. Like she waters them, she fertilizes them, she makes sure they get enough sun. She loves her plants, she values them, and so therefore they thrive under her care, right? It's the same with friendships. It's not this magic uh, mystery that evades us, right? It is very simple. You just take care of the friendship. You work on it. You invest in it. You spend time. You work through your problems. Work on the friendship. And it says this, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us think about ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the time of his return is drawing near. Wow, let's think about the ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. That's what my friend did for me, that my friend Monica, who was pushing me about that guy, right? She was thinking about ways that I could love ways that I could produce good works in my life. She loved me enough to push me, right? And I want you to just think about your friends. And I know a lot of us, we think, oh, we're so busy. We don't have time to invest in friendships. Don't you know I'm a mom? Don't you know I have a job? Don't you know I have this? Don't you know I have that? You know, and stuff like that. But yet, at the same time, our schedules reveal what's important to us. And, you know, sometimes our schedules reveal that we're binging, like, three seasons of our favorite show. Right? And if you have time to do that, you know, I think that something is out of order in our lives. I think God wants us to really prioritize our friendships in our lives. And so let's work on that. Work on um, committing to work on your friendship. Yes. Proverbs 17, 17 says this. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. A friend loves at all all times, all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. That means no fair weather friends here. You're born for the hard times. You're here to be a friend in the hard times. And God gives that picture of what a true friend is. My friend Lou, she recently lost her husband, and she's such a friend to me. She's such a precious friend to me. Uh, when I was going to meet that guy to do communion with John, she was here with my other friend, Monica, to pray for me, to intercede while I was having that difficult meeting. Well, my friend, Lou, she just recently lost her husband. It was very tragic. It was very sudden. And wouldn't you know it, she's such a good friend to all of us that in her time of need, whoo, people just came out of the woodwork. She was surrounded by people who were ready to love on her, ready to care for her. Uh, we did the whole reception for her. We organized a memorial for her. I mean, we were all there for her. And it was because she's already made that investment into all of us and that now she gets to reap what she sows. 
right? And that's the promise of scripture. It says this in, in, um, in where does it say it? <laughs> Proverbs. Proverbs eleven twenty five. It says, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Right? And Lou, yes, she's going through the worst time of her life. She's going through darkness right now. But even in this time, she gets to experience the refreshment of her friendships in this time because she has spent so much of her time refreshing us. The last thing I want to say is this. As you commit to working on your friendships, I want to say this loud and clear. Forgive your friends. Say that with me. Forgive your friends. Forgive your friends. Even the best of the best friends, they will hurt you. They will hurt you. They will hurt your feelings. They will leave you behind, whether it's on purpose or accidentally. You know, they'll, they'll damage you. They'll, they'll um, forget about you. There will be moments where they, um, they harm you. And that's okay. Forgive your friends. Forgive your friends. Work through the problems. Don't do that thing where you just cut them off right? And trust me, I've heard that voice so much in my life. I just cut them off. Recently, I had to forgive someone, and it, I was wrestling with it, and, and I heard that voice saying, just, just cut her off. Just cut her off. She's, she's trash. Yeah, just, you, you don't need her. Just, just cut her off. You, you know, am I the only one who hears that voice, right? Yeah, no, but God's word is clear. God's word says this, Colossians 3, 13, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. That's the gift that we can give one another. Forgive. Are you perfect? No. You're going to need forgiveness. And I need you also to forgive your friends no matter what happens, no matter what's going on. Forgive your friends. Don't take the bait of Satan and live offended. Don't do that. Don't do that. Forgive your friends. Live in community. Stay connected. And if you're sitting here thinking, gosh, you know what? I have no friends. I'm, I'm really not good at this. I'm really not good at friends. And it's more common than you realize. It's okay to admit it today. I want you to... Text the word GROUP to 951-397-2254. It's the same number we use for giving. It's the same number we use for connect. It's 951-397-2254. That's the, the number. And text the word GROUP. We have small groups at our church. We have life groups. Join one of those groups today. Start to do life in community. And I'm telling you, this is not a magic pill for you. You're still going to have to choose the right friends in that group. You're still going to have to uh, connect at the heart level. You're still going to have to work at the friendships. But at least this would be a starting point for you today to join a group. Do life together and say, you know what? I need to humble myself. I, I belong to this body of Christ. I need to do life together. Would you do that today? Make a step in the right direction today. And if you're thinking to yourself, man, I need Jesus. I actually, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I, yes, I hear about friends, but I need Jesus. Here's the scripture for you. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And this is what Jesus did for us. 
He came as the perfect son of God and he came with a mission to seek and save the lost, to die for us, to pay the, the price for our sins. And he came and he lived that perfect life and he went to the cross and he died and he was resurrected again. He was resurrected on the third day. And if you need to accept him, as your Lord and Savior, if you need to accept his forgiveness, if you're thinking, I'm so screwed up, I really need help, Jesus is your hope today. And so can we bow our heads? Can we get in that posture of prayer? We had two people last night who said yes to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I want to give you guys an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to his forgiveness, to his salvation, to his freedom to his hope, to the new life in Christ. If that's you today, would you raise your hand right now in this room, raise your hand and say, yes, I need Jesus to forgive me. I need Jesus to save me. I need him to rescue me. I need him to restore my life. Just raise your hand. I need him to be my friend. I need him to come through for me in my life. If there's anyone here, you wanna raise your hand right now and say, yes, I need Jesus. Or if you're here and saying, I've walked away from the Lord, but I want to start again. I've done this before, but I need to start again today. Would you also raise your hand and say, yes, I'm committing my life again to Jesus. Anyone online, type in the comments, I'm here. Yes, I'm saying yes, I'm recommitting my life to Jesus. I'm saying yes to his sacrifice, yes to his forgiveness in my life. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, that you paid the price I could not pay on my own. Thank you, Lord, that you show us by your perfect example that we are friends, that we are your children that we belong, that we're not just servants. You call us friends. Thank you, Lord, that you raise us to that elevated place. Thank you, Lord, that you love us perfectly, completely. You forgive us, you restore us, and you give us a new beginning today. Thank you, God. We trust you and we believe in you in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you're here today and you say, I need, I need help in this area of friends, I need, I need God to restore my heart. I have so much hurt. I have so much pain. <laughs> I don't trust people. I've walled myself off. I live with self-protection and, and I hold people at an arm's length. Would you just pray with me right now? Jesus, I need people <laughs> and I'm willing to admit it today. I'm willing to humble myself and to say, God, I need to be connected. I'm lonely and my loneliness is killing me. God, would you bring people into my life? Would you restore my community? Would you allow it to be on earth as it is in heaven? Allow me to live in health, connected, known, loved, valued, where I'm pouring into people and people are pouring into me, where I'm not breaking out against all sound judgment, but I'm living in connection. Lord, would you do that in my life and give me courage to do it? Help me to live transparently. Help me to live boldly, courageously, giving my heart to the right people, connecting at that deeper level, and give me that ability to 
work hard to persevere in friendships. God, I need you to help me in this. I need you to help me in this today, Lord, and I trust you for this. God, do a new work in me today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's all stand to our feet.